peace of our Lord be with you. And the angel carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city coming down out of heaven from God. The gates of the city will never be closed in the daytime, and there will be no night. And they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Every time the lectionary asks the church to read those words from the Revelation, they call to mind for me something I stumbled across several years ago from a book by New Testament scholar Beverly Gaventa in which she said, if you had to take the whole book of the Revelation and sum it up in a single sentence, that single sentence would be, things will not always hurt the way they do now. Which does seem to me to be as good a one-sentence summary of the revelation as one could ever hope to have. Things will not always hurt the way they do now. When what we now call the revelation, the last book of the Bible, was first written, it was, as best we can discern, a pastoral letter. A pastoral letter just like Paul's letters to the Romans, the Corinthians, the Galatians, the Philippians. But in this case, a pastoral letter written to encourage a cluster of churches in Western Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, in the mid-90s A.D., churches enduring pressure and persecution from the Roman Emperor Domitian, who served as emperor from roughly 81 to roughly 96 A.D. Most of the best scholarship we have tells us that Domitian did not care how many gods his subjects worshipped as long as Domitian himself was one of them. So when Christians who already had a Lord to worship and who could worship only one declined to participate in the culture of emperor worship, they ran the risk of being seen as poor patriots and thus suspect citizens. What's the harm, their neighbors wondered, in mixing a little emperor worship with Jesus? But of course the Christians couldn't. And when they didn't, they often became seen as suspect citizens which sometimes led to arrest 
imprisonment, occasionally even death, but more often in the late first century reign of Domitian to being socially ostracized and economically penalized. Their businesses boycotted, their contracts canceled. To which the writer of the pastoral letter, which we now call the Revelation, said, stay strong. I know it's hard. I myself am in prison for my faith, so I know how costly and difficult, even dangerous it can be to live a life of clarity and courage. But you stay strong. Because this is God's world. And in God's world, God, not Domitian or any other earthly ruler or power or problem, but God has the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's, the last thing done is going to be good. I know it is so because I had this vision, this, this revelation where an angel took me on a tour of the future and ultimately, eternally, after all this present struggle and trouble and pain is done, there is going to be a new Jerusalem, a city of God like nothing you can begin to imagine, streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper. You may be losing your livelihood today because of your refusal to worship Domitian, but you stay strong because someday you'll be walking on gold and leaning on jasper. This new city I saw is so filled with the presence of God that it has no temple and so full of light that it needs no lamp. And best of all, the city I saw has 12 gates, three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, and three on the west. And not a one of them works. All 12 of them are always open and none of them will ever close. So it won't just be us there. It will be all there. People from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language, just like Isaiah said it was going to be. The whole world and all creation finally healed and home. So you stay strong because ultimately God is going to have the last word and things will not always hurt the way they do now. That is what the writer of the Revelation said to those late first century Christians who first read the pastoral letter, which eventually became the last book in our Bible. It was for them a pastoral letter to encourage them to stay strong and not to lose hope, no matter how hard or bad or painful things became, because ultimately, eventually, Someday, God is going to have the last word. 
And if the last word said is going to be God's, then the last thing done is going to be good. And what the revelation said to them then, it says to us now, across the Christian centuries, we've let all the apocalyptic images and metaphors about beasts and dragons and blood and fire in the revelation trip us up and sidetrack us. We've gotten lost in the numbers and the colors and all the odd literary devices the writer of the Revelation employed. In fact, as late as the 16th century, Martin Luther questioned whether such an odd book should even be allowed to stay in the canon of Scripture. And John Calvin, when he wrote his commentary on the New Testament, intentionally left out the revelation. So uncertain was he of its value. And then, in the 19th century, came historical premillennial dispensationalism with its literal rapture and its literal tribulation and its literal millennialism which turned the revelation into a bewildering puzzle to be solved instead of a hopeful word to be heard. A hopeful word originally written as a pastoral letter to some weary, broken-hearted, very frightened, late first-century Christians who were living with a lot of sorrow and struggle, fear and pain. Just a pastoral letter written to encourage them to stay strong. And what it was then for them. The revelation is now for us. Not a puzzle to be solved. But a hope to be held. The hope that ultimately, eternally, this is God's world. And in God's world, God gets the last word. And if the last word said is going to be God's then the last thing done is going to be good. And if the last thing done is going to be good, then surely, surely, things will not always hurt the way they do now. Amen.